Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Mumlot, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, sir. How are you doing this evening? Well, you talked me into a 20-minute pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just catch- yeah, I know. We were, we're catching up. We're catching up. We, I know you, you had you had some days off, and I'm I'm actually on the road tonight at at a conference, and we'll be traveling tomorrow, so we just recorded a night early. So, which, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you had to get out your uh, Swifty soapbox and... <laughs> <laughs> We had to talk about that. Apparently, it's very strong opinions. Very strong. Anyway. Well, well, we both. Well, I think the consensus for both for both for both of us is that the media is is, is their co- the coverage of it is extremely cringe. Yeah. <laughs> it's, bad. it's it's really bad. And honestly, her fans are not helping anything. No. No. <laughs> Yeah. The the joke died after maybe the fifth time, <laughs> but <Yeah>. now <laughs> it's really it's really been beaten to death. But yes. yeah, yeah. But we won't dive deep into that because every other person is apparently talking about nothing but that. So instead, we have two finales to talk about tonight. Man, it's October. Yep. You know, I'm still not used to. Are it's still interesting. Like this maybe is like our second year without like like there was the show pre pandemic with all of the Arrowverse stuff going on yeah. and October yeah. was premiere month for like at least four different shows. Yeah, yeah. And and September was slow and now and now we're here a few years later and between the pandemic and a lot of cancellations and a lot of shows ending. Now we're, we're, we're not covering like hardly any CW shows at the moment. And we got these streaming services and tonight we're going to talk about a Netflix show as well as a Disney plus show. So it's just interesting to think of where we are now versus where we were. Yeah, it really, it, it really is. I was, I was, uh, at, well, so having dinner with a friend of mine tonight. We were, we were talking about our show and she, and she listens to us from time to time and, and the evolution. She remembers when you and I first started doing this and, mm-hmm. and the evolution from where, like you said, from where we started, where we were like 100% errors, but the few things sprinkled here and there to now, you know, to, to what we are now. And it is, it is an interesting feeling. To uh, not be like, oh, we got the CW premiere this month, you know, what fill, you know, fill in a blank show. Yeah. Yeah. A part of me misses it because it was like, it felt like reuniting with family. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know. There was a buildup. There was a lot of talk and everything. Yep. Um, not to say that there isn't because I mean, there's little bits here and there, but. And coming off off of the strike stuff, the media has been few and far between for a lot of projects, but but that shall return soon. All right. Well, you know, let's just dive into it with Ahsoka, the Jedi, the Witch, and the Warlord, Part Eight. We we DM'd each other last night a little bit about this. I said I had, I still remain like having very complicated feelings about this entire season. 
Mm. Um, and that was just like the, the finale was just the cherry on top of that. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. Yep. Yeah. My opinions have not changed. <laughs> um, <laughs> was not swayed one way or the other. I'm, I'm remaining neutral. I'm very Switzerland about this show. But you also surprised me a little bit because you you kind of sounded like you had some very complicated feelings. But I did. So so what? Where do you want to start with this one? Let's just jump right into it. I mean, I I I, was, I had complicated feelings as well. I thought I I mean it wasn't I I enjoyed the episode, but it didn't. But I sound I, I sound like I'm repeating like how I did after I think it was episode four. It didn't blow me away. And I think for for me as someone who watched Rebels and Clone War, there were some definite payoffs. And and I even like tweeted one now that we're we're talking about the show, the ending was a huge payoff for me for multiple reasons with, with Balin. But we don't I don't want to jump to the that was, you know, the, so I think that was the highlight for of the episode for me. But then there were other things that were that that were, were problematic for me that and like you things that we discussed throughout the season crept up again in this episode and and so that did leave me feeling a little little a little let down to be to be blunt and 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 I, so I, I had very complicated feelings about. Mixed feelings about this finale, I guess is the best way to put it. To, to use, to use the beans words from last week, it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad she didn't say that in this yeah. episode, but it really is complicated. No, I, I think that I know that there were, a, there were a few Easter eggs, a few like insider name drops and and finally references that fans of previous shows from Filoni would appreciate and get a lot of excitement out of it but I do also think overall I don't like how this finale was structured mm-hmm. and I actually last week when we were talking about penultimate episodes I I was going into this episode thinking Okay, I think I'm gonna like the finale more than I did the penultimate mm-hmm. because in in past when they've had that kind of let's not really resolve anything but still get our pieces on the on the on the chessboard of where we want people to be for the finale then then there's more for me to potentially get out of resolving. And when I say that, I don't mean like a 20-minute fight sequence with (laughs) zombies. I mean character conflict resolution. Mm -hmm. And, yes, this show is called Ahsoka. So the fact that there was a lot to, like, the big character developments and revelations came from the master-apprentice relationship between Sabine and Ahsoka. Cool. However, you spent a lot of time <laughs> talking about Sabine's need to find Ezra. And I do like the switch, but at the same time, I don't like the switch because I don't know. Okay. I don't know whose decision it was. I'm blaming Filoni, mm-hmm. but why, 
Why wasn't there this? Why couldn't we see the scene where there's recognition from Ezra of what Sabine did to get there? Yeah. Like, yes. Big problem. Big, big, big problem that was that left. I don't know if it got left on the cutting room floor. He didn't write it to begin with or what, but that was a big miss, missed opportunity, quite frankly, that, that, that the series left on the table. Yeah, there, and it's, and it was, I don't feel like it was something they just, they cut considering how even, even Ahsoka didn't fully bring it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. There, there was such a well planted seed for dramatic tension between these three characters that could have had some, a lot of very interesting things to say about what is the right thing to do in these circumstances yeah. that we've seen out play, play before. Okay. Yeah. I mean, literally we started our year watching The Last of Us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Joel pulled the Sabine, but he in did. the right way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in the right way. <laughs> he pulled it where I can forgive him for pulling it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's, yeah, and to that point too, one, you know, there, there, there is that aspect of it. And I guess the other thing that bothered me was like, we in, we, we go through this eight episode journey and we basically end up back where we started, except now Sabine and Ahsoka are like on Peridia and Ezra and is back on, you know, back in the prime galaxy and stuff. So, you know, I guess structurally they set it up so that it was, the finale was almost like, we're going to close out some stories in this, (laughs) but we're going to keep it open. Yeah, we're gonna keep other things open to lead into Ahsoka season two or into the Filoni movie. Yeah. But the other, but the other. Yeah. No, I just want to bring it up while we're here. That's another thing that I don't understand why we couldn't. There's so much that I feel like we should have seen that was just like glazed over, mm-hmm. including Ezra is on Thrawn's ship. Okay, I get it. He disguised himself as a trooper, but that's not a short flight. And the grandmothers are on the ship as well, and they can sense Jedi. So, so, and how did he get his own little, little ship to go? It's just like, to me, that's okay. You're not going to show us all of that. I get maybe for time purposes, but at the same time, it's weird to me how it was so easy for him to get off that ship. Yeah. That is a big, yeah, that's one of many plot holes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was a nice nod. You know, I love the the fact that he was wearing a stormtrooper uniform because that was, again, a nice nod back to Rebels because Ezra, that, that was a trick that he always pulled when he, whenever they needed to infiltrate an imperial facility. But, and, and, yeah, but if, you know, but, you know, if Chopper can sense, but, you know, if Chopper can read the life sign readings through the costume to realize that, oh, that's Ezra, then, you know, we established two episodes prior that when they first got to per- several episodes 
prior, when they got to Peridia, they were able to sense the taint of Jedi on Sabine. <laughs> and so, yeah. so that, that's, that's something that they definitely, that definitely, if you, if, I mean, that's a nitpick, but it's, it's a significant nitpick because they should have been able to, once he got on the ship, he, they should have sent people down to that hangar bay to like apprehend him. The other thing, as far as while we're talking about the, the the first part episode with Ezra, Sabine, and, and Ahsoka, that I think did was I think if they had to do it over again, I wish they would have done this differently. Is they did they did they did they did the tell about that the last episode why Ahsoka and Sabine had their fallen out. And, and, and it makes the, and I, and I, and the reason why I think I wish, I wish they had done it sooner is the, it, it, it deepens, it would have deepened the conflict between them throughout the season and, and, and really give them more heft to, to why their, their training fell apart as far as, as far as, you know, the empire Taking out Mandalore and, and, and of course Sabine wanting, you know, or so because afraid that Sabine will want vengeance. So I wish they had like put that in there. And even at that, whenever, even when they had the discussion, you know, they didn't have it face to face. It was still like Ezra and, and Huang and, and Ahsoka talking about it. So. Right. Right. It was, <laughs> it's like to me, I, I liked that, that revelation just because. We got so much Anakin leading up to this episode, mm-hmm. and even in this episode we saw him, but that that it almost felt like, <clears throat> in a way, it wasn't just addressing that, but it was also, it, it just was a good, for me, I found it to be a good thread of this like reminder Ahsoka is still reconciling who her yeah. old master like was and became, which, mm-hmm. which again with Thrawn's taunt to her at the end, yeah, it pulled that forward again, but you're, you're exactly right. Like it's a conversation that probably could have had more emotional punch had it mm-hmm. been with the right characters. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. like either the conversations we we want or should be having are not had or they're with the wrong people it's just it's not that it's a messy show i just felt like with some of the seeds that they planted i was expecting more character character tension yeah and resolution and just communications i'm i'm really i'm really annoyed that i feel like especially the last four episodes half of the season there has been 20 to 25 minutes so basically half of the episodes just dedicated to fighting like dedicated Mm -hmm. to set pieces and to me that's not a compelling show and we all know this because I always talk about how I'm not here necessarily for the action. I'm here more for these character moments. And the fact that, that we have talked about all of the potential, all of the 
what where they could be going with these characters and we didn't really get any of that it's very disappointing to me yeah and and that's exactly why i had mixed feelings about this episode i think they 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 I, you know, I didn't go into it with like a head can, it, you know, a head cannon or head thoughts of like, oh, here's how I want the show to go, and I and it didn't, you know, and, and I didn't like it because it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. It's exactly the point that you just made here, as far as there's so many character moments that were missed, and 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 it, this was it was just something that was a, a problem with this series throughout the entire season. And, yeah. and so that this is where, you know, that's where this is, this was keep, it's almost holding the show back from me keeping it from going to the next level where we're talking about it. Like, you know, it's a Star Wars show and it's doing all the, the right Star Wars things that, you know, say Book of Bubba Fett did not do and, and even where Obi-Wan failed in some places. But so at least it's doing that piece right. But you're right. But the character arcs and the character stories is where it, and, and some of the, pairings and decision points as far as how they structure these very critical emotional moments is what the, where I feel the, the series is lacking that say Andor had. Yeah. I, I think Andor is a better show than Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. I feel like Ahsoka started off really strong as we've mentioned mm-hmm. before, but it, it slowly, I want to say about midway through started to pick up Mandalorian like it started to fall into some of those pockets and I'm like okay I can see somebody sharing some writers but again like I've watched Mandalorian for all three seasons like like I'm I'm not I'm not necessarily in it saying it's bad no. there are worse Star Wars shows but it's just I'm going to stick with my word of disappointing because it had so much potential that it started off with at least. And, and something I I didn't think about until I was, I was listening to people talk about the show before we got on tonight is I really wonder if this was shot in like slow-mo just because of the lack of urgency. (laughs) Throughout this episode and last week's episode, like, I know Thrawn is up in, like, has his all plan and, and looking at his watch, but even he's taking everything very slow and, and Sabine and Ahsoka taking things slow, like, they're just chilling, just moving along. Like, like, I think that was something that was missing. Like when I really think about reflect on my experience last night watching it, it did feel like okay, everybody's got all the time in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. And then and then it would like jump speed to like, oh no, the ship's leaving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta jump. Yeah, <laughs> Can't it, make it. <laughs> so yeah. Weird. It was very oddly paced. And I think that was where I, when I got my gut reaction, when I, when I finished watching the episode, how I, that, that, that was what I was feeling. It was just a very oddly placed show and episode. And 
you know, and, and except for when they had the fight scenes. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and so, and, and I think, I mean, Rick Formula, Rick Formula, I think directed this episode. He's directed some episodes of, of Mandalorian. I think he did the Mandalorian season three finale and it, and it felt a lot like that, that episode where it was just, again, I also felt I, I was kind of meh over the, over mixed feelings over that finale. I think this one was better, but, but, but for different reasons. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, the fight scenes, I mean, it, it, to your point about Thrawn, I, I did like, I did, the one thing I did like about this episode was it did show his one big weak spot and that's dealing with Jedi. Cause if mm-hmm. he's dealing, if he's dealing with rebel, like if he's dealing with just normal rebel alliance folks, other humans, other, other races in the star Wars universe, I mean, he, he's, he is a tactical genius and he's always what we saw many times in rebels where he outsmarted the, the, the rebel rebel alliance and and, and phoenix squadron and, and and all but except for when when it was but it comes to jedi he he that's that's this one weak spot and i think he and i think they brought in the i think the, the purpose of the night sisters for one of the one of the purposes of them is to to help sort of close that gap that he has from a tactical standpoint because you know, you know, it, it leveled the playing field for him now that he has these force users, even though it's force users through magic, but he, you know, he, you know, clearly he used them to, you know, draw Morgan to Peridia, you know, through, through the Night Sisters and, and then of course using their magic to, to, you know, change her to, you know, to give her the, you know, the gifts of the night, the full gifts of the night sisters and get the, you know, the blade of Talzan, which is a, a clone wars, you know, reference. And, and it shows, it shows how that, that all went down with her getting the black, you know, the black markings like the rest of the night sisters. So, you know, that was, I thought a good thing that they did with Thrawn this episode to, to one and two, the other cool thing I thought was where he did get perturbed because Normally he can't predict things, but he was, you know, getting it. He looked, there were a couple moments in the episode where he did get like, you know, screw it. Take him out. I'm done. Yeah. You know, you know, before I'm fine with this Leland stranded here. Now kill these Jedi. I don't want them around anymore. So, yeah. Yeah. so, you know, so I think that was that piece. And then I think there was one, I'm trying to remember there was one other moment where he didn't, he was perturbed by, by some of the movement. You know, things didn't go according to plan. So then he, he you know, he kind of shipped the tact, ta- shipped the tactics a little bit. I think I it was when you're, yeah. Um, do you know what happens to Thrawn in the, in the end? In the, now there's, in the Legends books, which I, I haven't read the Legends books. I know there's like Heir to the Empire was the one that was written by Timothy Zahn. And then there's another, there's another round of books that, 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 Goes into Thrawn. Thrawn's ultimately defeated. And I think he, I think from the seeds of that, the fourth order, the first order are, you know, comes up. Uh, but it, but it's not, yeah, but this, this is all in the, in the Star Wars Legends books that Disney is, is, says is non-canon at this point. Uh, but, uh, but of course they, 
Yeah, but the, but they but the thing is, even though things are are non-canon as far as the events in the books, clearly you know they have been clearly bringing things in from the legends right. into live action. Yeah. Okay. Because I did hear people mention like they already know what happens to him. So, the, so they were trying to reconcile some of the character choices that were made with like, well, we know what happens to Thrawn, but these characters at this point don't. So why are they? Right. And, and if, yeah. And be careful with that too, because again, that's all legend stuff. So yeah. what, whatever happened in those books, if you know, and that, that's why I've actually started staying away from like a lot of discussions on these shows while we've been recording them. So that I don't get the legends continuity <laughs> mixed, you know, start sprinkling in and confusing our casual listeners who haven't read any of those things. Cause it, it, you know, this show had a lot to do in and of itself to like educate casual Star Wars viewers, but who, you know, but just two animated shows, not, you don't even want to throw in the books and, and to complicate matters even more. Right. Not, to, not insulting the intelligence of our listeners. It's just, it's just I me. Mean, it's just a lot of continuity to try to keep track of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like we pointed out a few plot holes, so they already have continuity issues with their own show. <laughs> with their own show, yeah. But, but yeah. So to to go back to how this episode ends and how the season ends, there's the the Ezra gets out, Thrawn gets out. Elsby dies, or mm-hmm. or we think. No, she's nobody, gone. She, she's nobody, gone. Nobody. It's magic, she, Will. It's magic, Will. You well, never know. Okay. You never there know. Really, zombie. Literally, we saw zombies on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, but you don't but know. they were only yeah, but they were only created zombies now. <laughs> they held it. They held off to the very end. <laughs> true. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but we know Balin is out there. We also, we also yeah. know, unfortunately, the actor who plays him died. Shiv is still around and she, she, I, I liked Shiv's last part. I thought, yeah, I think too. it's interesting just because she, she sees some of the troopers who made it out. Again, Elsby, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't count a witch out. Yeah. <laughs> so we see her potentially finding her own people. I like the fact that she's still on the planet because Sabine, Yanan, and and Ahsoka are there as well. And you know what? I am happy that people are still behind on this planet because those poor not turtle people. Okay, I felt very bad for them in this episode. And then they that you see them and they're like, they're like, we can't can't fix our stuff anymore. Nobody here. And then Ahsoka's here. So and has the technology like, come on, y'all, let's put let's make it right with these kind people. Yeah, take right. them with you, because my Lord, they need to meet Grogu. Okay, that <laughs> happened. That show um, definitely needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why they're still there. Okay. You can't leave the not turtle people, the peaceful not turtle people, like by themselves. Like the galaxy needs that. <laughs> 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 the galaxy. 
Yeah. So, so we got, we got, uh, we got an interesting mix of Jedi, non Jedi on mm-hmm. the planet. And, and then we have Mortis, which you, I think you brought up on the show last week. But for those of us who are still trying to understand what Mortis is and yeah. what this could mean besides obvious plot to get the characters back to Galaxy Prime, can you, can you fill us in a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So we were wondering what, what, what was Balin ultimately after? And, and we get that shot, uh, the, the, the rest in peace, Ray Stevenson. I don't know what they're going to do with that storyline, but we, he comes up, up, it comes upon a statue, a bit carved into a mountain, something that was inspired in from, from Mortis, the, which is the basically about the realm, the planet that is, a, is a balanced planet where you had the father, you had the father, son and a daughter. This was from this was first shown in Clone Wars. The picture of them was also referenced in the uh, in, in Rebels. But so the the father, the the middle daughter represented the good side of the Force. The son represented the Sith, and uh, and the and the father was the was the middle, the balance. And, and so in Clone Wars, long and short of it, Ahsoka was 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 killed, and Anakin. Given that he has been deemed the chosen one to bring balance to the force, took the life force of the sister and actually re and, and transferred it over to Ahsoka so that Ahsoka could live again. So, but then in this episode, you probably saw the owl and we also saw the owl uh, in the Mandalorian. That was the sister's owl who was a part of a part of this trinity in, in the Star Wars force universe. And so when Balin comes up on that statue, you know, we see the father, we see the son, but we don't see the daughter. That part of the the, the mountain has been demolished, you know, and I guess probably makes sense given that the, 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 you know, the, the night sisters, probably, you know, inner dark magic probably were the ones who took it down. That's my thinking. That, that, that whole thing really gets into, I think, you know, gets to the core of what, what Balin is, is, is seeking, which is, you know, that, that power to bring, I guess maybe he sees some, you know, filling that void of, 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 you know, wanting to have the balance in the force or trying to tap into that energy. You know, the whole world between worlds also comes into play with this, which we saw in, in this series because the sister's owl also appeared in, in the world between worlds when, when Ezra saved Ahsoka from, from, from Darth Vader whenever they were fighting. So I think ultimately bring all these points up to say Balin's ultimate goal is to like, it seems to be to get some type of level of control over destiny or the force or something. And so him coming upon that, the two parts of the statute at the end of the episode was, was, was reflective of that. Yeah. It, it felt, I, I, I like this idea of control over destiny and fate mm-hmm. just because it's a very God like mm-hmm. ability and thinking about how just this setting. I mean, I've said a lot of bad things about this show, but 
my God, did they, does it get points for me? Because I was even telling my dad, I'm like, the cinematography, yeah, like yeah. they must have shot this in New Zealand because good Lord, this is <laughs> Game of Thrones, Lord yeah. of the Rings vibes, like something else. It's, it's yeah. very beautiful. And I know some people are saying it's a bit dreary because of the color power palette, but yeah. when you have witches and when you have this this villain who looks like a monster and this and you're and you're looking for like these these things of power Mm -hmm. that setting is just perfect for whatever reason and yeah yeah. it definitely gets into the the mystical side of star wars that you know you know it was well again deeply mined in the in the animation even in the legends like the whole Talzan I mean that's you know and, and just to give another you know Talzan and the Dathomir that that you know she was actually the mother Dathomir Talzan was you know Dark Maul's mother so you know so all these things are you know definitely getting into the magical realm of Star Wars as a you know as a counterbalance to, you know to showing how there's different manifestations of the force in the galaxy so it, I, I'm, I'm on, I'm on board with that. I mean, and, and, and it's so, it's really sad that, you know, Ray Stevenson is no longer with us and, and can carry this character forward. You know, what they're going to do with this story arc. Will they recast them? You know, I don't know. They have, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think that even though he did a fantastic job, the character's still new. It's not going to hurt anybody to recast. No, it, it won't. And and you've set it up so much, but yeah. but then again, they 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 did something this season with a lot of setup, and then they wiped it all away yeah. with one line yeah. of dialogue. <laughs> yeah, true. But I think <laughs> they can. Right? They, yeah, they can. Yeah. Well, heck, I mean, to that point, but you know, real quick about Balin, and I'll go to your, what you said about the dialogue. You know, we saw like in Harry Potter and Richard Harris, who played Dumbledore. Big character, you know, died. You know, they brought in Michael Gambon, who also recently uh, just passed away in the last week or so. But, you know, it can be done, like you said. And I think this character, this, this story that they have set up here is, you know, bigger than, bigger than the performer. Not, not in the yeah. sense that, you know, not in the sense that I'm being cold here. It's just, it's very integral to the overall story that they're telling. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they'll recast. And then as far as the line of dialogue, yeah, I mean, that's another issue that I had you know, this week with the whole lightsaber thing. You know, we set up, <laughs> we go to all this, we go to all this length with showing that, you know, we had it in Rebels where Kanan is like, you know, having a lightsaber doesn't make you a Jedi. We had it last week with Ezra. And then, and then they, and, you know, and this whole lesson with Sabine, you know, Earlier this season about, you know, having a lightsaber doesn't make you a Jedi. And then they all of a sudden undercut it, <laughs> having Ezra build a lightsaber, which was a cute moment. It was a nice moment. I love how they did tie in, you know, Ezra. This is now building his third lightsaber. And, you know, and, and the reference to Kanan, but which is a nice little reference to Caleb Boone, which was his birth name. Uh, so it was all nice a moment, but I just felt like it undercut what we just saw last week, but what made Ezra seem like super, super Jedi <laughs> and been able right. to like fight off things. And then the other thing too, we have to talk about Sabine finally using the force. And, and, uh, and again, the, well, 
Well, I just, I just want to, I just have to fight. I, I, you know, to close the loop on the season before we like move on to, uh, to One Piece. It just, it just was just too convenient for me. That moment fell completely flat. Again, that's another reason why this episode, I had mixed feelings about it. The, the jump thing would have been to me the better, more dramatic and more effective moment of her using, you know, finally figuring out how to do this. Than, than the moment that they chose because if she, yeah. you know, it, she can't can like. Didn't do that because if I was Ezra, if I, I can see why they didn't do the jump thing because if I was Ezra, I, I don't know if I would trust Sabine to lift see, me. Considering yeah. I hadn't seen her use the force before. <laughs> yeah, but she's seen how, but she's, but she's seen it being, being done before many times in Rebels. So to me, it, it would have worked better because it, one, it would have, Showing that he has trust in her ability to use the force versus the other method where it was just like, Oh, you know, you can't move a, you can't move a cup, but now you can all of a sudden pull your lightsaber to you just because you're in danger. And it wasn't even to save, save Ezra, it was to save yourself. So that's why it didn't work for me. Yeah. Which I'm not saying it did work for me. I thought it was lame either way. I just. Yeah. I can see why they went with that, the safer choice rather than the more ballsy choice. Yeah, so, that's, that's a good, that's a good way of putting things. There's a lot of safe decisions being made in this, in this series. <laughs> just a lot of like WTF mate. <laughs> why? Yeah, why? Yeah. Like, like not- I don't, I don't know about it anymore because, and maybe. I don't think I went into this show having extreme expectations. I really don't. However, I have heard a lot of, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be frank, a lot of fans of Filoni's work have, have hyped him up. So maybe in the long run, I did expect more from his mm-hmm. writing. Mm-hmm. Because to come to the finale and have this much discussion about plot holes, weird pacing, weird safe choices. It's like, huh, where, where is the guy I was hearing about so much? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. yeah, this episode could have had a different director, but we, we know Filoni's all over this show, no matter yeah. what. So, so I think in the long run, the buck stops with him. Mm-hmm. And that's where I would place some of the like, questions to but in terms of like as we make our way over to one piece i it's interesting to me because i i feel like one piece also made a lot of safe choices Mm. that being said i was more entertained Mm. by their season finale and i it, it was very it was a very straightforward. It's, it reminds me just like the, their first episode. They, they went into it having a clear setup. They mm-hmm. spent 20 minutes fighting, fighting, fighting. And then we basically get an epilogue for the last yeah. half of the show. Yeah. And, but there, there were a lot of payoffs. There yeah. were a lot of tying up loose ends. Only to untie some. <laughs> <laughs> and there was, there was at least one surprise for I think a lot of us, at least one or two surprises for a lot of us. Some set up for the next season, but at the same time, like very vague. 
very vague about what's going to happen. And, and so even though I think that they made safe choices, I'm not as disappointed in what happened with the one piece season finale, the worst in the East than I am with what happened with Ahsoka. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah, I felt yeah. the same way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I felt the same way about, uh, yeah, it's just the, the closeout, uh, Ahsoka. Uh, yeah, like, at the end of the day, I enjoyed the series. It was definitely, you know, definitely looking forward to a season two. Definitely seems like they're going to stay, if the numbers justify it, they probably will have one, or we'll see some of these story threads carry forward and, and, you know, others, you know, Disney Plus shows or, or the eventual Filoni movie. But, uh, I think, yeah, it was, it was a good season. I, I enjoyed it and, you know, on, on to Skeleton Crew. That'll be the next, next project. So what did you think about One Piece? <laughs> so One Piece. Yeah. I, you, I, I, yeah. Yeah. So with, with One Piece, I, I thought I, I pretty much agree with your, with your take. I thought that it was, it was very entertaining. I, like you, I was de- very entertained by this episode. And, and like I think I even said last week with the, with the penultimate and, and now with this finale, I, 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 I want season two like now <laughs> because I'm just so, I, it, this was like, this was a gem of a show that it, it was new to both of us and, and, you know, Honestly, it's like way too much like lore. There's no humanly way possible at this point where I could like even come close to watching the thousand hours of anime, of manga, anime and reading all the 1500 or so volume, however many volumes of manga. So I'm truly like just taking it as it comes and, 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 but introducing a new a new show for me like this, I, I like was thoroughly entertained. Overall, start to finish, only only episode where I had any kind of moments where I was, you know, wasn't was really the fourth one, and and I thought this was a very safe but unpredictable, and like you said, had some had some nice surprising moments, and and can't wait for season two, which I was reading an article today where I think they're trying to get Jamie Lee Curtis to come and play a character on the show. I can't remember the name of the character right now, given, but it was, it was, I was reading a deadline where the showrunner for, for One Piece talked, you know, was just giving a recap of the season. And that was one of the things that he, that he noted. So once I guess we'll maybe get news about that once the actor strike is over. Yeah. Um, what else to talk about this episode? What did you think about Garp letting Luffy go? That was, that was one of those safe choices, quite frankly. <laughs> I wasn't Yeah, surprised. it was weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I was not surprised by that. I was, it. Well, you, yeah, it wasn't surprising that in the end, Garp lets it, lets him go, yeah. lets the straw hat pirates, because at the end of the day, like, Colby's like, they haven't done anything wrong. And I was thinking about this. Any, all of their actions, like the only thing that they could be charged with was they did steal the map. Yeah. 
technically. Mm-hmm. But but beyond that, they haven't really done anything wrong, especially in that instance. Mm-hmm. And I like that it wasn't just Colby, but haircut too, because yeah. Colby and haircut just just staying that, strong, united front. Yeah, that was that. Now, now that was where I did go, huh? Go haircut. I did. I even, I even, I even like said it out loud while I was watching an episode where I was like, go haircut. Whenever, whenever he did that. And so, yeah, and, and, and I think that was, was, you know, I think that's where this show really excelled in. It, it is really showing these relationships and, and over the course of the eight episodes, how everyone's relationship evolved and, and grew and, and tightened. Because you, you just look at, it, we can just start with the straw hats. I mean, they were all like, you know, Luffy had, you know, he, you know, he was very clear about what his dream was to be king of the pirates, and he, and and, and then it would have, and you know, we had this world building it from 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 the very start of introducing these characters together and and pulling them together. But by the end of the, like I said, by the end of the end of the season, I, I'm like, I am all in. I, I believe that these characters care for one another and they root for one another. Even, even when, even when Nami like just, you know, blows bike by Sanji <laughs> when he's like yeah. wanting to hug, which I thought was a funny moment. But, but you know, they all have their various ways of showing their affection for one another. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, I I like that it wasn't just the Straw Hats. I was surprised by how much time we spent with the Marines throughout the entire season. I was surprised, of course, by the grandfather twist with Garp, yeah. and then and now we're getting Garp as the mentor. He gets to be who mm-hmm. he's wanted to be for Luffy, for Colby, yep. and haircut. Yep, um, and. And now we got a tease. Shanks is still around. Shanks is yeah. still around kicking yep. and, and doing something. He doesn't have that arm. So, so there's still more there. I like how there's more present day story to tell with him, his crew. Mm-hmm. I think we saw Yusup's father. I'm not sure, but there's still a whole background. And, not, and also beyond that, it's like these connections, like Mihawk clearly knows Shanks. What's that, what's that history about? Yeah. And, and, and it's, and I like how you're even given more insight to why Mihawk didn't follow through with, with taking Luffy <laughs> to his grandfather with one interaction. So, so they, I think along the way, there were a few like, well, why didn't that character do this? What, what's going on here? But this this finale kind of tied up a bunch of loose ends and then also reminded us that there are plenty of loose ends still out there because I was surprised when when Buggy looks up and he sees Adeline. We haven't yeah. seen her oh, yeah. in a long yeah. time. Yeah, I was surprised by that, too. I was like, oh, she's back. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that was another but one of his moments. Know. We know, yeah. like, Buggy is totally after Luffy, but Adeline... Her and Colby. That is, mm-hmm. Colby's gonna take her down, and that'll yep. be so entertaining to watch. Um, that will be very entertaining to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, but this up, yeah, and, and too, like how this episode started, of course, where, you know, we, we, we get, you know, more backstory as far as, you know, as far as young Nami and, you know, the, her, her captivity in the, in the map room and, 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 and Arlong. I mean, again, another stellar performance this, uh, this episode by the actor who plays Arlong. I mean, he, I, and, and, but also like Arlong and, and Luffy's final confrontation because, you know, Luffy, you know, seeing Luffy realizing that I can't, I can't like physically take this guy out. <laughs> but then Luffy like being able to literally bring the house down on him and, 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 you know, it, it, both figuratively and literally was, was a very, for me, a very satisfying conclusion to, to, to that arc, especially given what all we've seen with you know with the with the village and 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 the villagers also realizing what you know they're learning what Nami did for them and and they're all ready to fight for you know fight her and fight Arlong and the and the fishmen I mean those were all again just how all these stories like become intertwined and and it really becomes like a it does it really builds that world out and you just you know you feel lived in with these characters yeah, it feels lived in and it feels like I really appreciate the the idea and the concept of we're just getting started. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only just beginning. I think that's a really hard thing, honestly, to make feel like a genuine message. And I and I believe it speaks to the main character being Luffy. And mm-hmm. his optimism and his persistence about this idea, which on that note, my favorite line lines in this episode and arguably in the series is when Luffy tells him to be a, tells Kobe to be a good Marine and yep. Colby says be a good pirate because it, it parallels the beginning of this mm-hmm. friendship and yep. how that's what they both want. They, they have this idea of like a Marine is good. And then Colby's confronted with the bad Marines. And then Luffy also is always being told. And we later find out, especially by his grandfather, that pirates are always bad. Like, why would you want to be them? And, but he's only, he's grown up under Shanks and, Mm -hmm is a good pirate and shanks tell him be good luffy so mm-hmm. i just love that at the end when those two say that to each other because i i think it's such a such a it's not naive but there's mm-hmm. something very childlike about it but also just very much like you can be this role but you yeah. also have to be bad you can right. be good yeah. Uh, even though this is like your code and this is this is who, like what the station you've chosen in life. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's like follow your code, follow follow your and also just follow your dreams. And it, and and a, and a recognition of that that you know people that you, you the parallelism that you talked about between you know good power, good marine, all that stuff flows through. But also the acknowledge both Luffy and Kobe like acknowledging that here's this is who he is and I'm not you know and I'm I'm not going to try to change him or change his dream and 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 
You know, so, you know, so because at the beginning of the series, that was Luffy letting Kobe go to the go off and be a Marine. And then we see the bookend on the back end with, with Kobe showing, you know, you know, coming back to Luffy with the, with the poster, the Wano poster. Yep. And, and with the highest bounty in the, in the East, you know, so, so, you know, what I thought was this perfect symmetry with their, with their story and stuff. And, 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 and really just, like you said, really hits on that thematic thread that they've had throughout this series. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that they've managed to do with Luffy what I was really not expecting them to be able to do, but infuse, take the main character's perspective on the world mm. and use it at, to, to build the show's overall viewpoint. Mm. And, and by having him, in, having them encounter characters with different perspectives, but but because of him or them, be able to shift it and be able to make them see it, see the world through their eyes and have this belief in themselves. And and it's and it's really well done with that. I'm surprised by how much I like Luffy and yeah. how much I the, he's not necessarily the main focus every episode. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have to be, and his presence is always there. And how these the stories, all of the stories that are being told, are still through that overall Luffy perspective and yeah. viewpoint. Yeah, yeah, completely yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah, that's what. Yeah, and, and I know whenever we first started watching this show, you were like, hey, you, we, you were very uncertain about Luffy. But <laughs> uh, is see, I, I, now that we're at the end of the first season, uh, I I completely agree with what you what you said, and as far as him as a character, and and yeah, it's just you know the lesson that Garp wanted to show Luffy as well is, is like you know things don't be naive, kid. You know the world's the world's a hard place, and I was just you know, it was toughening you up to get you ready for what you're about to undertaken and going in, in, into the grand line. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like the world can also be about adventure. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. hard, but, but he's got his crew and he knows what he, he believes in himself. I think, I think that's the way to think, think about yeah. it or yeah. to take yeah. it. Yep. I am not going to pull a you. I, I like, I like, how I'm gonna I'm I'm staying away from things about One Piece. Yeah. I don't want to get ahead. I don't want I don't want to know more because, and I kind of have done this with other projects that are based on materials where I don't I I have I have read too many books that have been made into movies or TV shows to know that it's never the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't want to build my own headcanon about stuff. And so I just want to watch the stories be told that these creators want to tell from this, from this um, mine that I'm sure that they have. And, and I'm looking forward to the next season. Mm-hmm. 
whenever it comes, I hope that maybe they tack on two episodes, have it be a 10 episode season. Yeah. Um, but, but they also, they gave us some pretty like full hour episodes. So I'm not mad at it being eight there. They didn't waste a lot of time as we've discussed before. So, so they, they had a clear start and beginning middle and end. Yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They really did. And we got a little, little tack on scene to, to, to wet our appetites for, for season two. That was, uh, who's the guys? Smoker. Smoker? The, that was, at the, the, the bonus scene there yeah, at the end right before the credits. Know, I don't know who it is, but do you know his actual name? I don't. I don't. Again, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm, I was th- thinking about the, the guy who's, who's treasure, Jolly Roger. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It was Jolly Roger. Oh, I'm blanking on it. I'm blanking on it now. But, yeah. Yeah, but I was just thinking about yeah. But to your point about looking forward to season two and you know really trying to stay away from the source material. I know I know I DM'd you that uh, I had watched the first episode, a little bit of the first episode on Netflix since they they have all they have anime on there now. But I, but I, I think I am, as I said at the beginning, it's just so much. And one, and two, to your point, I don't want to. I agree. I don't want to like taint my viewing by knowing too much about the source material, so I can just evaluate this on my own as just a new fan. Yeah. Yeah. And and on that note, Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Will M. Polk, W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. You can find me there, too, at S.J. Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew there at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and threads at Scene underscore N underscore Nerd. And visit our website, www.sceneandnerdpodcast.com. But most importantly, rate, follow, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good night, geek out. You're welcome.